Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, everyone. I'm Deb Flaschenberg. Welcome to Yoga Birth Babies, a podcast produced by Prenatal Yoga Center. We will be diving into everything prenatal yoga, birth, and baby-related, hoping to inspire, educate, and empower you through your journey into motherhood. Thank you for listening. Hi, everyone. I'm Deb Flaschenberg, and I'm your host for Yoga Birth Babies. And today, we're going to talk about baby stuff, so much stuff that one registers for and bombarded by what you need and what you don't need. All right, so we have got Adrienne, and she is the founder and owner of Wild Was Mama, and she's going to tell us all about what we need, what we don't need, what to leave on the shelf, what don't even look at and bring in your house. Let me tell you a little bit about Adrienne. Adrienne Stair is the mother of two young boys and the owner and founder of Wild Was Mama, an eco-friendly maternity, baby, and lifestyle store in Park Slope and Greenpoint, Brooklyn. Adrienne is a certified baby-wearing educator, lactation counselor, and a postpartum doula who stocks her shop full of carefully curated products for natural-minded urbanites and offers a full schedule of inspiring classes for pregnancy, birth, preparation, and parenting. While was Mama specializes in baby-wearing and has quickly become the tri-state area's go-to spot for new parents learning how to use and choose a baby carrier. In addition to training a team of compassionate staff to help new families in their journey, you will find Adrian fitting moms for nursing bras, teaching classes on baby wearing, cloth diapering, and helping families to be creating meaningful, minimal registries. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, Adrian. How are you? Hey, Deb. Thanks for having me on. This is one of my favorite topics. Yay. I'm so glad. I know. So I met you. Was it two years ago? We were both speaking at an event, the upbringing event. I don't know if you remember that. I do remember that. I do indeed. What a great event. It was great. And I remember thinking as soon as I heard you speak, I'm thinking I need to talk to this woman more. Um, Because I think as you and I were talking a little bit before we hit record, just how we're inundated with stuff. So I think this will be really helpful for a lot of moms. So before we get into that, I would just love to hear a little bit about your background and your journey into Open Caribou Baby and and then switching the focus and the name to Wild Was Mama. Absolutely. So um, I opened what was then called Caribou Baby, which is the same store now as Wild Was Mama, just with a different name, in 2009, which I'm sorry, 2011, which was shortly after I had had my first son in 2009. Um, prior to that, 
I was a policy analyst working for the city of New York, of all places, um, managing the subsidized childcare budget for the city. So quite a different path for me. Yeah, that's um, what I call in quotes a real yeah. job. Because what I yes, have now, I don't know job. if I put it, yeah, it's a real job as opposed to you know, what I call my own job right now. Not a real job. Yeah, very different. And it certainly satisfied like all like the number side of my brain and the analysis and all that. Um, but as it turns out, I have, I've always had like a deep, deep commitment to social justice and I've worked for nonprofits before that. And it goes all the way back to undergrad when I took a class called the sociology of reproduction. Um, and I sort of started into this entire obsession with sort of birth politics in America at a very young age, um, because simply because I had a great teacher, uh, at my college and I've always cared about it. And in the midst of all of this policy analysis and other work that I've done, I managed to take a, uh, birth doula course and I even attended some births and it's been something that I've always felt very strongly about. And so when I became pregnant with my first son and had him, I really, got the opportunity to like indulge in sort of this sector, which is like really where my heart's been. Um, and so owning, so opening the store for me has really been like a way to sort of bring my passion and also some of my skills together, which has been awesome. And for those of you who don't know North Brooklyn, um, Greenpoint and Williamsburg, which is now like a hub for everything, you pretty much don't even have to leave the neighborhood to get any service or thing that you want had surprisingly a large, it was sort of like a desert for sort of services in this area. I mean, you had like a couple baby stores, you'd get some gear, furniture, clothes, but you had the whole notion of like birth education was very underserved. There were no, no doula agencies. There was no like space to meet other parents. It was really sort of ad hoc and not really organized at all. And I dreamed of having a space under one roof where you could meet and connect with other parents and take the classes and get the education and the resources and the knowledge that you wanted and needed and um, touch and feel, you know, products that matter to you that you cared about um, all sort of under one roof. And that's how Caribou Baby was born. Um, So fast forward four years from that, We wanted to open another store in Park Slope, which we now have. And before we did that, we really wanted to trademark the name. And if anyone who's been through trademarking law, it's... We've trademarked several things. Oh, my God. One of ours is up... so no fun. It's no. We actually have one of ours up for renewal, and I'm just like, I don't even know how to start. It's It's such a mess. Yeah. It's no fun. And it's, it's nearly impossible to trademark anything. It doesn't even have to do with like actual conflict. It's just very difficult, which is why you see all these stores popping up that are like Alex and Annie or like two people's names. Cause, um, that's all that's left. So we couldn't trademark caribou baby. We could have kept the name, but, um, we decided we didn't want to proceed unless we could. Um, and sort of this blessing that arose out of it was a real chance to look deeply at the services that we offered and what we were doing in the shop and what mattered. And I can't tell you how many times we had people come to the store with a a baby who was six months saying, Oh my God, I had no idea you guys had these classes. I had no idea that you guys had nursing bras. I thought it was just a baby store and, or a gift store, but they had no idea that really we were there to sort of tackle 
this very raw and rough period of pre and postpartum. Um, and we decided that really, you know, 90% of the things in our store are geared towards like helping moms with their boobs and their vaginas and all that stuff. So, um, we really wanted to let the world know that we were focusing on that. And then we were there for, of course, families. Um, we have mom in the name, but we're there for families and families that are supporting someone who's caring for the baby. That's an interesting story. So the whole thing was trademark. I mean, of course, deepening your message, but right, 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 right. Nope. It was so simple. It was really just trademark. (laughs) Um, And it was an opportunity for us because, you know, when you're opening another shop and your business is growing, I feel like you really want to sort of um, streamline Mm -hmm. your, you want everything to sort of flow together. And like our brand was taking shape. And so it was a really great exercise for us. And I'm glad that we did it, although the we probably wouldn't have if it wasn't about trademark. That's interesting. I've had people tell me in the past that because it's prenatal yoga center, they don't realize they do postnatal. We yeah. do postnatal as well. But at that point, when I'd really thought about it, we were too deep in. And getting the opportunity to trademark prenatal yoga center was, as you said, it's not easy. And I can't believe we actually were able to do it because it's, mm-hmm. you know, it's a, as a big, you know, prenatal, it's, people want that. Um, so Absolutely. fascinating story. Wow. Mm. Right. So as you talked about, your store has a little of everything. Um, it has the classes, it has the support and it has the stuff. So I want to use some of your expertise about the baby stuff and hear from what you think about what do people need? What don't people need? Where are they stressing themselves out? Why are they stressing themselves out? Kind of what, what that, what don't they need to put their money into? Oh my gosh, it's a big question. And it's a multifaceted um, question. Go for it. <laughs> it's totally multifaceted. And you know, my expertise in this area is, and I don't even consider myself one, which um, because if you want to consult an expert on gear and you know, there's a thousand product reviews and people who specialize in that. Like if you asked me about like what kind of stroller someone needed, I would just be the least helpful person. But I do have expertise in sort of um helping families make general lifestyle choices. Um, That's what we do all day. And actually I am a postpartum doula myself on the side and I do that in people's homes and I have my own kids. So I have a little bit of experience myself. So it's all sort of tied together. And I was just for funsies on byebyebaby.com a little bit earlier today and just checking out sort of their registry just to see how their registry checklist has changed or morphed. Mm -hmm. And I'm not having a kid ever again. That shop is closed, but I had like a heart attack just looking at it. So I can totally, I mean, imagine how new families are feeling when this is the guidance that they're given about sort of the all encompassing snapshot of, you know, what their life's about to come to become. And consider that also a lot of these families that I'm talking to or working with live in tiny apartments. I mean, many people I had both my boys and my husband and I all sleeping in one room, um, you know, some kids on the floor eventually. Um, we were just all packed in there like sardines for so long. And you look at this list and you literally have a hernia because you don't want your life to become packed full of quote unquote stuff. Um, I think many can relate. Stuff, oh my God. Yes. Everyone can relate. Um, and it's usually stuff that doesn't look great either. It's big. It's clunky. It's, it's not plastic. your style. Yeah. It's plastic. Um, things you would never otherwise have in your house if you didn't have to. Um, and certainly if you take a look at each item on the registry, you can name a person who that item 
was a lifesaver for them. But it doesn't mean that all the things work or are necessary for all the people. So I tell people to scrap the idea of a checklist of what they must have. And instead, I remind them that honestly, all they need, let's to start from scratch, is themselves. And people look at me like I'm crazy because I own a store. I'm in sales, first of all, and I own a store full of like adorable, fluffy things that I want to sell to people all day. But I tell them that really they don't need any of it. And that is a good place to start from because it really makes you sort of judicious in what and choosy and what you're bringing into your home. And I think that that's an, an important exercise for people in general and sort of our culture right now, which is so just like we bombarded with um, suggestions from the marketplace. I mean, look at Facebook. It's like an ad for something I probably don't need, but could have pops up every two seconds. Um, so to sort of take that away for a second and really focus on what's going on for them in their home after the baby comes. And my doula, my first, my birth doula with my first told me that all I needed was my boobs and my baby to get through the first postpartum period and maybe a car seat. What about some right? diapers? Um, well, okay. There's cultures who, who don't use diapers, right? There's okay. like I'm going through, I guess, my bias you, yep. and, I mean, let's start with the very basic, right? Diapers, of course, 99.9% of people are having like a whole bunch of them. Um, so diapers, let's include that. Boobs, baby, car seat to get home from the hospital, or if you have a car and need one. So that's it. And I laughed at her at the time. But the truth is that it's quite true. If you look at the registry, it's all geared towards how you're going to move your baby around. How are you going to keep them warm? How are you going to keep them safe? How are you going to feed them? And when you realize that the truth is that you, the mom or the parent is doing all of this, your body is, your boobs are feeding your baby. Your body is keeping your baby warm and healthy. So is your breast milk. You're carrying them around in your arms. Maybe you have a baby carrier. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, but really you are meeting all of your baby's needs just by existing. The only thing that they are biologically adapted to do is be close to you. That's it. The, mom, the mom's body, and I'm using mom, you know, as a general term. Of course, it's not always mom. But the mom's body is what takes care of baby's primary needs. All the other stuff does not. So when you think about that, I find that most parents actually relax because they feel that at least when the baby comes, them just existing means that the baby is mostly well taken care of. And I think that um, traditional sort of conventional registries prey upon parents' fear that they are not going to be enough. M my milk isn't going to be good enough or caloric enough. It's going to give my baby gas and colic. Um, I'm, I'm not going to know when they're too hot or too warm or if they have a fever. Um, all of these questions um, are, are pe like people have these fears, but the truth is that you will know. Because every parent knows, because to keep our babies alive, we have also adapted, like evolutionary style, to care about every single tiny thing that happens to your baby. You know, you know why they haven't, you're, you know, freaking out if they haven't pooped in the last three hours. Um, like if something smells funny, looks funny, every little tiny mark on their body, you're totally obsessed with because that's how we keep our babies alive. So once you start from that sort of perspective, things start to fall into place in terms of products or tools that can be added into the home to make things a little bit simpler for you and your baby. Um, and I usually break down 
categories of things that people need because there's a wide range of what might work within them. Um, the first one is sort of mobility and getting around. Uh, for me personally, that's going to be a baby carrier or five because I love them. Um, and, and I they indulge change. in them. I think, I think yes. one's need, I know from my experience, I could use the Moby in the very beginning, really wrapping tight and holding. But at some point, I didn't feel secure with that. So I switched to and I had a sling, a, you know, the, the ones that go over the shoulder. And then eventually, I really loved the, um, why am I blanking on it? It's clicked in the back. Uh, it was Moby. Ergo. Uh, Ergo. Ergo. That's it. Yes. Yes. So just like you, it's like really, it's very normal for families to go through three or four carriers in like the first eight months. And that doesn't mean that you are choosing wrong every time. It means that, um, you're responsible for holding your baby for, you know, 20 some hours a day. And that's like a real tool for getting through your life during that period and your needs change. Mm -hmm. But parents just starting out shouldn't feel the need to have all of the carriers right away. Um, just to have them. You can start out with one that seems like a good choice for you and your family. Um, huge bonus points to people who actually go and try them on and know how to use them because knowing how to use the carrier is actually almost more important than the carrier itself. Um, and making sure that it's comfortable and safe for you, of course. So you can always come into Wild Miss Mama to do something like that. Or if you're not local, finding another store or maybe like a um, like a baby wearing group. There's lots of groups, sort of support groups that help people figure that kind of stuff out. Um, but having a good carrier means that you can get around. So a stroller is, is another thing that, that helps you and your baby get around. Although it is my experience that of all items purchased before a baby is born, a stroller is one of those items that parents simply don't feel comfortable using for the first six, six months, especially if they have a carrier that they know how to use well. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. See, and that's I because... I had a bit of a different experience. I loved my stroller. I had Exactly. A, I did. Exactly. And, and I also Which is my, say, where, why I don't have a list. Yeah. I, my stroller, <laughs> with my daughter, things were different. With my son, because my birth, and I think some women might relate to this, the pushing and the, the birth itself was is not easy. And I had a lot of pelvic floor problems. And because of that, mm. I couldn't wear him for a long time. I could wear him going out and then I'd be yep. sitting and wearing him, but I couldn't go on a 45 minute walk wearing him because my pelvic floor didn't have the support. So we had the, it was the summer, it was bassinet stroller. I put him in and we could walk. So it really became kind of my lifeline and my ability to get out. And I, and again, I'm not trying to say which is best, but I think, again, it's kind of a, a personal experience. 
absolutely it's personal, which is like why we don't have the list. Yeah. Because it's true. If it's like a thousand degrees in summer and you're sweating bullets and you just need your baby off of your body for 10 minutes, like that stroller is going to feel like a lifesaver. And like, I always tell people like, don't skimp on the iced coffee holder or whatever. <laughs> like if it's bringing you joy and you want that stroller, put that thing on your registry. There's nothing like inherently wrong with like having both or many. But if parents are trying to think about ways to sort of slim down what's coming into their home, a stroller is also not something that you should feel that you need to have on day one. Yes, It's something that you can, that most people are not using. I mean, a lot of people will use it because they don't have a carrier. So they'll use it in the first weeks, but even then it feels clunky and awkward and scary to put a fresh newborn in a contraption that's off of your body. Um, for most parents. So I find that a stroller purchase is something that if you can afford it for yourself or if someone's giving you a gift certificate to a place that sells them, that is a purchase that can be delayed um, if you're looking for things to hold off on. Um, usually you're strolling, like once you're starting to be up and moving around as your body's recovering and you're taking, like you said, like 45 minute walks, um, you're at a place where you can decide on the stroller that's right. But usually mobility falls into the re- in, into those two categories. So stroller, carrier, or both. Um, but not needing, you know, so many of them. And mm-hmm. if you're unsure about a stroller, it is totally fine to wait on it. Some people will graduate right to like sort of a, a more like a slimmer umbrella stroller of some sort that reclines a little bit, but not like a full bassinet. Um, so you can save on some of the pieces and parts if you skip sort of the newborn period with a stroller, which is totally doable. Um, okay. The second category is feeding. Um, we can go back to this because it's really everything in our store. Like if you see a new mom running into our store or like a new dad or, um, parent sort of, or grandparent coming in to pick stuff up in like the urgent first, you know, sort of two, three weeks, it has everything to do with feeding. They're either renting a breast pump, um, they're buying bras, they're getting some tops that they can get their boobs out in easily, um, they're buying nursing pads, or they're going to one of our like lactation support groups of some sort. So feeding is so huge in the in the early period, and um, and it's very rarely something that people register for. You'll never see a bra on someone's registry, but you need a ton of them. Mm-hmm. and like nipple salves. And I think that it's one of these, these items that so much of the care has to do with your actual, um, and this sort of bleeds into another category, which is sort of, um, and you spoke to it a little bit, which is um, physical and emotional sort of recovery from birth. And that recovery period, you don't know what it's going to look like. So it's very hard to put items on your registry, registry to like plan for a recovery from a birth that you haven't had yet. So I remind people that a lot of your investment in our store, you're shelling out money for a lot of things that you really do need, but it's hard to prepare for them because you're not sure how your birth is going to go, how breastfeeding is going to go. So if at all possible, get the family to give you those gift certificates or to give like a, even if it's like a visa or American Express sort of like amount of money that you can put towards these things, because it is without fail that you're going to be laying down a few hundo on all these things that we're talking about like a good nursing pillow. Some people don't find that they don't need nursing pillows. They're happy just holding their baby or they're using like the pillow that's already on their couch and like save themselves the purchase from yet another thing that comes into the house that they're going to need for only a certain period of time. Whereas other people feel like getting that baby at just the right height makes nursing hugely like more successful and more comfortable and considering you're doing it 12 times a day 
um, it's something that's worth the investment. So these types of purchases happen for people in the short interim after having a baby um, and can be done very sort of like judiciously if people give you money to spend on what you want. Um, but feeding tends to come, tends to start, uh, products surrounding breastfeeding and then bottles. Bottles is something that in my own experience, people overbuy. Um, you overbuy because you're, you have a lot of fear. You have fear that you're not going to be able to breastfeed your baby or there's going to be problems, which there might be. Um, and you have fear because you have to go to work soon after your baby comes and you're just stressed about it in general and your baby hasn't even arrived yet. Um, and you have fear because they're just, they're so marketed towards you in terms of pieces and parts and brands and which one is better for gas. And, um, there's just so many choices, but the truth is that this is also a product that people can really wait on. Um, you're 10, you tend to not bottle feed newborns in the first couple of weeks, typically, right? I'm saying typically because most people are encouraged to like use a finger feeder or like if a baby's really little, they're sometimes spoon feeding or cup feeding or doing something that's not encouraging nipple confusion. Or if you're using formula, usually it already comes in a little bottle that's got its own, its own nipple. Um, and you don't need like a huge stash of bottles to keep around in the house for the first four months before you go back to work. And it's something that you can sort of explore with your baby because as it turns out, babies have nipple preferences and you as a parent might develop material preferences. You know, the plastic bottles you put on your registry all of a sudden are starting to skeeve you out after the baby comes because you have a whole different like sensitivity to like plastics and things that are in the materials that you have in your house that you didn't have before. And um, the bottles you got, they work okay, but they're a pain in the butt to clean and they take so much time to get all the pieces and parts and you're worried that they're not getting clean enough. And um, instead you can get a bottle that you feel the nipple is more like your breast and the baby takes it better and it's easy to clean and you can sort of invest in them as you need them as your baby's starting to use a bottle, but it's not usually something that you need before the baby comes into the house and to have like a huge backstock of them. Yeah, we were given so many bottles. I mean, we had a whole cabinet of them and I think we, we stuck to a certain brand that my son <laughs> liked and we, it, I, mean, I remember finally moving and be like, we can finally get rid of these. It felt like, it felt amazing then to also get the bottle cleaner holder thing off the counter eventually. Yes. It really, it takes up space. And, and what's so interesting is we just didn't get rid of them. I don't know maybe there was something in me that's like, well, what if we need that kind all of a sudden? And you are not the only one. I think I still may have a bottle here that someone gave me from my first kid who, and they didn't even use bottles, but I keep them just in case that we have like a niece or a nephew in the house who might need a bottle. And like, what if we don't have one? And this is like the fear that we're not prepared mm-hmm. for like the time. And also like, who do we give them to? We don't want to throw them away there. These could be useful. It's mm-hmm. like all of that. Yes. Um, very funny. Um, but yes, it's something that you sort of, you're given a lot of them. You don't really need to register for so many of them. You And bottles are so readily available. If you need one in a pinch, you can find them anywhere. And great even selections Dwayne Reed of has them. them. I think you can really just even go to yes. a drugstore. Yeah. Yes. I mean, we carry them. Dwayne Reed carries them. All the pharmacies like have, and pretty good options now too. So it's not something that one must stress that they're not, like, not ready for. Um, okay, so next category is I call it physical and emotional recovery. It sounds like very woo-woo to people that don't quite understand. Um, but I think that we talked a little bit about it, which is that your body's really recovering from 
um, you know, a pretty intense physical experience. And if birth didn't go well, um, a lot of times like emotional factors come into that too. And I think that people don't often realize that the major stressor after birth is like, is my baby, am I keeping my baby alive? Okay. And they're just adjusting to being a new parent. And we often don't think about setting ourselves up with any services for that. So um, I encourage people to sort of think outside the store, think outside of the box of things that you can purchase and put on your shelf and think about some of the services that you might need because you might not be able to get off the couch because you have some crazy stitches going on and having, um, like a meal service set up for you is something that would be really helpful to have like fresh organic meals that are good for breastfeeding moms being brought to the house every day or better yet a postpartum doula who's able to come to the house and really care for you and, and wait on you hand and foot while helping you sort of like determine what the things are that you really need and helping you acquire those and only the things that you really need. And these are things that people don't think about asking for, I think from friends and family. What about you? My teachers um, for my first son, they, my first child, I have two kids, a boy and girl, but my first child, they got together and they pooled as a gift enough money for a week worth of postpartum doula. And I can't tell you how amazing that that was. Oh. Uh, my mom gifted me some time, but due to how hard the birth was in recovery, I, I needed someone. I needed someone just to help me sleep, just be like, here, take the baby, I'm sleeping, or to make me meals, or to do laundry, or whatever, just even just be there, because my husband went back to work pretty soon. And it can be overwhelming and, and kind of isolating in the beginning. So yeah, I say, you know, put the bottle warmer off the, <laughs> off your registry and go for something more practical, like a human. It's so true. It's so true. Like get yourself, take care. Like if you were taking care of the baby, what are the services you need that will take care of you? Mm-hmm. The, and that's the different caretaker. than a baby nurse. And it's different than family even. And I love my family and they really did step up. But I think someone that's professionally trained, like a postpartum doula, they know how to balance things as well as teach. I remember my postpartum doula being like, this is really how you give a bath. Because we were terrified. We're like, what do we do? How do we wash this little person? Totally. And the peace of mind that comes for just having someone that you trust in the home who's able to answer sort of like all of those questions that you have. And there's mm-hmm. so many, there's no family that I've ever met that's had a baby and not had a zillion questions. Oh, yeah, especially it doesn't matter how much experience you have. My, oh, my mother-in-law God, didn't crazy. breastfeed and my mother has no recollection. She's like, I don't know. You just went on. And I'm like, I'm sure that's not true. Um, yeah. So it did help to have a professional eye instead of memories from, you know, 30 something years ago and how the grandparents did things. Yes. And just someone who's heard the question before, they don't even have to know the answer. That's not actually what you pay them for. You like someone who recognizes your question is normal, Mm -hmm. is typically normal and has great resources. If they're not able to meet those needs, they know exactly who to call so that you're not stranded feeling like you're the only person that's ever had this problem and you don't even know where to look to get the answers to it. Um, So yes. And whoever gifted you from the teachers who gifted, like someone in that group was very enlightened. Yes. (laughs) Oh my gosh. That's amazing. So I tell people to really consider it because, you know, 12 or 15 hours of postpartum doula work is going to feel like a lifesaver in a way that, you know, the perfect trash can that keeps the stinky diapers contained is not like on this list of critical things is not, um, 
things to keep diapers less stinky or ways, you know, alternative ways to warm wipes or bottles. It's not. And it doesn't mean that those products are not totally, people don't totally love them, but you can work those into your life once you determine that you need them. Mm-hmm. Um, I really discourage people from like purchasing them in advance unless they're absolutely certain, unless I love them. Right. And then we're talking, you know, there's a real nesting instinct that, that people have and that's hard to fight. It's like an uphill battle. Like the desire to get the space set up before the baby is like a real biological thing that happens to pregnant moms. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, if there's something that you feel like you must have, then go for it. Like, get that thing. <laughs> was there but for people who are worried, ex- yeah, go ahead. from your own experience that you just that you got and you thought you'd use, but you never actually did that just sat there? Oh, uh, yeah, I did have some stuff. I think I got, um, I was really pretty minimal. Because like I said, I had fear of too many things. My whole family was pushing me to get a crib and a co-sleeper. And I just wanted to like wait it out and see how co-sleeping worked for us before I committed to that. And I'm glad that we did because I never would have used them. Um, I think that I got, someone gave me a swing that sat there and was never used because my baby hated it. And then like various swings, any sort of contraption to put the baby in to keep them cool while I was not with them did not work for us because my children are not that way. They just need to be held all the time. Um, what about you? We were gifted a hand-me-down swing that my son didn't like, but my daughter loved. Yep. And I could not wait to get rid of it when it was done because it was huge. Um, yep. And we also were gifted so much baby clothes that we didn't use half of them. In fact, we didn't use any of the newborn because he was eight pounds when he was born. So he was right into that first size. Um, but clothes, I just felt like we were just given an abundance of very cute, but stuff we just didn't really use. So I yep, would have preferred so meals. And again, I'm, I'm appreciative of the gifts. I never want to sound like I'm not. Um, but yeah, it took up a lot of space. And when we first started our family, we we're in a small, it was, I think, 550 square feet, and that might be generous, uh, one bedroom. And so just anything extraneous felt overwhelming because I also can't stand clutter. Um, and <laughs> living in a one bedroom with a baby didn't soothe that. Oh at my all. gosh. <laughs> yeah. The clutter factor is huge. And, um, I feel like you're already going through such a huge transition and you're struggling with just the change of becoming a parent and having this new person in the house that when you add layers and layers of like stuff that you need to use or put together, like you, you're, you as a person, you can't handle that. Like your brain explodes a little bit somewhere on yeah, the inside. Yeah, I don't know what it is, but it really, it would set me off that every night I would put everything away. I just couldn't stand the clutter. I'm still that way. Like I secretly give some of my husband's stuff away that he doesn't realize. I'm like, if it's been sitting, you know, around for eight months, he clearly, he doesn't need it. And it goes. I just and he'll can't. never notice it's gone. And he hasn't until he listens to this. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's so true. It's like the, and, um, I don't know if you've read the book and I forget her name. Um, Marie Kondo, she wrote the book on like living life life with less clutter and it's the KonMari method of decluttering, but um, it's fascinating. And the whole principle is not sort of like, like not strategies on how to give things away and declutter. It's a simple question that one asks oneself about every single product in their house, which is, does it spark joy? And, um, 
And I just really love that book. And I know that it's like swept the nation by storm because people are just like obsessed with her ways of like folding clothes and ways of just like getting rid of stuff from their life. But it really is a simple question to ask oneself to actually pick up an item and hold it in your hand and ask yourself, like, does this spark joy? Um, and if it doesn't, if it's like a sweater that you used to love, you can say, thank you. I used to love you, but you just don't fit my body right now. And you deserve to be worn by someone else because you're not doing a service to your stuff that is not being used. Um, I love that. So give it to someone who is using it because you need to respect the life of your things. And by keeping them sitting in your house, you're not respecting them. So I want you to apply that, Deb, to those bottles in your house. (laughs) No, no, I finally got rid of them. I finally, when we moved, (laughs) when we did, yeah, no, we we jumped out to the burbs and oh my God, it was amazing. The bottles were gone. I I just purged so many trips to housing works purged. I love it. (laughs) Although right now I have a trunk full of clothes I've been meaning to get rid of that I still haven't. Well, you know, take it one day at a time. (laughs) And I'm by no means a clutter, like a decluttering expert. You would just be horrified if you came to my home. (laughs) But I do think that it's an important exercise for people to think through when they're about to bring new things into the home, particularly things that they're not even sure how they work or if they're going to need them. Um, So my advice is to like fight the fear. Remember that in the first weeks, all you really need is you and that you're going to have time to sort of make some of these decisions and purchases. And if you can get your family or your friends or your people who want to give you something to go in on either some open-ended cash so that you can put on what you need as, as it occurs or on some real services that are going to sort of help you become a better parent and be less stressed as you sort of settle into the new you. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. And I guess also remember that those who are listening that you can send someone running to get something at some point. If you, oh my like gosh, you, like you yes. mentioned, like people run into your store for the bottles or whatever. It's, and even if you're in a rural area, I'm sure there's a way to get something. Yes. And although it's like the devil, there's the Amazon Prime. I was going to say Amazon um, will get it too. It is. It's true. It's like when you're really in desperate need for something, you got it there. And I think that more, the, the better work is sort of planning out, like decluttering the home and making room for, you know, the new you and the new baby, not necessarily to fill it with stuff and to really sort of take some great classes and think through realistically what the postpartum period is going to look for you, because typically it's going to involve some sort of necessary help and resources surrounding feeding. So knowing where your local, um, you know, La Leche groups are, or if you have breastfeeding support groups or like reaching out and calling a lactation consultant, um, you know, getting, making sure that you can rent a pump or get a pump through insurance and sort of setting, like spend your nesting on sort of the things that you know are going to be real basic needs in the first weeks and not necessarily on the stuff. And when it comes to baby carriers, which is my total specialty and that, you know, the thing I love most in the world that I feel like really, I don't know how parents live without them, but some of them do, but like even that can wait. 
that doesn't have to be on your registry. You can come in and purchase that item when you're ready to learn how to wear it. Usually people are not strapping babies on in the first days unless they've had another kid or they have like particular curiosity and desire to do so. It is something that you can sort of settle into when you need, when you're sort of up and more mobile and moving about and not in such sort of birth recovery mode. Does that make sense? That makes absolute sense. And I, yeah, I keep thinking about back to even just leaving the house after like the first week, you know, it's so overwhelming and having your baby on you and yeah, just trying to get out and about. And there's that big, that early nesting right after baby is kind of settling in and it's kind of finding your way with your, you know, with your family. So I, I completely, I completely agree. And then when you said second kid, I did think about that, that even though there was like that nesting and staying home and getting to know her she did leave the house and get strapped in a lot quicker because we had to because my son (gasps) still had to go to school that's right and the learning curve wasn't there anymore you'd already done it It, and like and there's more confidence yes totally I didn't think I'm gonna kill this child like (laughs) oh my gosh it's so true and you only have so much space in your brain for learning new things that's one thing I think that most parents to be who've not had you know a first kid yet um they really just it's you know, it's like trying to explain to someone what it's like to meet your new baby. You just can't sort of translate all those emotions and words to someone who hasn't experienced them. You just sort of learn it when you experience it, when you cross that threshold. And I think um, that feeling of not being able to hold anything in your head, like you can't, like mom brain is a real thing that happens. There's been like articles written on actually what happens in your brain. Mm -hmm. You don't have space for too many complicated things, things with too many steps. Um, You just don't have room for um, anything really. So everything feels overwhelming. And I think that you can't really prepare too much for that, but you can set yourself up for success by knowing that it's going to happen to you Mm -hmm. and sort of knowing where the services are that you can reach out to when you're feeling overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, not trying to expect that in the first week, you're going to know how to baby wear perfectly. You're going to know how to nurse perfectly nurse in the carrier. You're going to figure it out all your cloth diapers and how to, you know, all that stuff sort of is comes with time, but it doesn't come all at once. It's sort of a learning that occurs over the first few months. Mm -hmm. And when you allow yourself, yourself sort of space and, um, permission really to take your time learning those things, I think that you don't experience sort of the frustration of not having it all together so quickly. And also your lack of, you know, and you blame it on yourself. Yeah. Um, we, like you failed somehow. Right? And there's but enough pressure. There's enough pressure and, um, and hormonal changes and responsibility and identity change that we don't need to add. I failed of whatever. We just want to try to take that out of the vocabulary. Yes, totally. Well, this has been amazing. So you gave so much fantastic information. Is there any further tip or gem of advice that we haven't touched on that you want to throw out there? Hmm. Um, really my, my guidelines for parents who are just sort of like thinking about what's coming into their house is also, if you live in the city and you live in a small apartment or you don't, and you're just trying to keep your sort of clutter less, um, to focus on things, to bring things into your house that are multifunctional, that are going to last you for many years. Uh, that's really great. I really always tell people that because one thing that can take the place of like four or five is so, so much less of a footprint and so much more useful. Um, like a little, I don't know if you've heard of the docketot. Mm-hmm. You've heard of that? It's basically like a little baby nest, but it's portable and it's easy to clean. And, um, there's a couple other, you know, 
like like products on the market. But it's basically like a portable little baby nest that goes from room to room to room, and people use it in their beds for co-sleeping. Um, people use it in their cribs for transitioning bigger kids out of cribs. Um, but it replaces like in one fell swoop, if you're someone who's not sure where your baby's going to sleep and you're concerned about co-sleeping or just want to sort of see how that goes, it replaces co-sleeper, bassinet, crib, um, you know, bouncy seat. Like it replaces all of these things that one feels like they have to have just to like make or can imagine that they might need to like sort of make it through a day with the kid. Um, so those products that sort of cover a lot of bases at once are really useful. And, um, and that's, that's usually when we're recommending products in the store, it's for things that do many things at once I that, love that. That's a great that live advice. on, you know, live on or the lamb skin, you know, that you can yeah. use as a baby nest, but looks great on the back of your couch yeah. and isn't something that's totally plastic and weird that you can't wait to break down and get rid of as soon as your kid ages out of it. That's great advice. So what is next for you? Where can people find you? What else do you want to share? Well, um, what most people don't know is that I'm in the middle of actually selling my business to new oh. owners. <gasps> Surprise! Wow. Yeah, it's a huge change, obviously. It's taken a lot of time and heart effort to sort of put this together. But we've found another couple um, with a young babe who are just wonderful, wonderful people and so excited to carry the Wilds Mama brand and dream onward and forward and make it better. And you will find me doing more of my favorite work, which is teaching and postpartum dueling and traveling. That's exciting. That's really exciting. It's going to be very different. I'm sure not having, I consider PYC my first child, um, having that first child of yours, thinking about as a small business owner, it's, it's always there. It is always there. I don't know how I'm going to let it, let it go. That's um, going to be bittersweet. It will be, but you'll find me teaching there and certainly involved to some extent, at least for a little while. Um, and, you know, trying to really continue the community is so strong um, that we've built. It would be such a shame to let it go in a bigger way or change it from what it is. Well, so, congratulations on that thank massive you. transition. Thanks so much. Well, I want to thank you for sharing so much information. I think your points are valuable, and I think it will hopefully help people de-stress and declutter and try to enjoy and relish these first few months of a new family. Totally. All right. Well, nice to talk with you, Deb. Good to chat with you. All right. Take care. Bye. This has been an episode of Yoga Birth Babies, produced by Prenatal Yoga Center. You can catch us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Periscope. I'm Deb Flaschenberg. Thanks for listening. When your skin feels nourished and glows, you radiate confidence. Osea makes giving your skin a glow-up easy with their clean, clinically proven Mega Moisture Duo. This seaweed-powered duo features two of Osea's bestsellers, Andaria Algae Body Oil and Andaria Collagen Body Lotion. Glow from the inside out. Get 10% off your first order with code GLOW at OseaMalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A Malibu.com, code GLOW.